stargazers. Welcome to 7th House Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek. For those of you who are still tuning in to my podcast, I am very happy you're here, and I'm very happy that my show is working for you, that, you know, it's very informative, it's very interesting, and that it's very entertaining for you. So I, I'm very happy that I'm able to, you know, come into your, your lives as I, as I have. For those of you who are just joining me, hey, welcome still. I'm glad that you found my podcast. What I do with 7th House Astrology is that I take an aspect from Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Relationship Astrology, and uh, Sinistry Charts is also synonymous uh, with Sinistry Astrology. And I mainly take a look at the meanings of that particular aspect. There are also some weeks where I take a look at a different topic and explore that Sinistry relationship-wise as well, too, within Sinistry Astrology. The big thing that I like to do at the end of my episodes is I like to try to answer what makes relationships work, what makes relationships tick, as a matter of fact. And I do my best to answer that question knowing the astrological information that I have at hand. Now, if you are someone who is working with a counselor when it comes to a relationship, like a marriage relationship or a relationship with your partner... I'm hoping that whatever I impart with my podcast, that it could be like a springboard if you're working with a therapist, or it can be something that you can mention within therapy. But by all means, this is whatever I mention on the show is not a replacement for therapy if you should be like in marriage counseling or if you should be in any sort of counseling. So please do, do uh, check with a professional first before you move forward with me. Also, you know, I always just advocate if there's something that really strikes you, make sure to do the research as well, too. Um, I know I do a ton of research every week, but just uh, if something strikes you, definitely do some research on it um, before you endeavor. And definitely, um, if you are trying some of the recommendations and some of the exercises or some of the, just some of the bits of advice that I am giving to you every week, uh, feel free to contact me just to let me know how things are going. You can do so at either misek, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com or at my Instagram page at Sandra dot well, guys, for this week's episode, it's a little bit different. And let's just say, I'm just going to preface this with what has been going on within my week. So for those of you who've listened to my episode last week, it was pretty apparent I have been sickety, sick, sick, sick. Yeah, it's been running in threes. No thanks to Saturn right outside my sixth house. Um, I mean, first it was... The you know side effects of the flu shot and Pneumovac shot, I was feeling that for a couple of nights, and then I came down with a really massive, awful head cold, and then as if that wasn't enough this last week, I had to experience endometriosis pain. So it's just been quite a week with me, but um, with that week, 
something nice has happened. Although, like I said, even that nice thing has kind of a little bit of a turn. But um, I was actually floored with a couple times within the week. And, you know, it's been a little while when it comes to flirtation. So, I mean, a little flirtation is always kind of nice. However, one thing just kind of kept striking me when it came to the flirtations. And one thing that, I mean, it's, you know how when you're being flirted with and you're being courted, you kind of take that moment to really listen in on that individual and really kind of just see where the heck they're coming from. So when I was doing that, some of the same types of patterns from, you know, ghosts of my ex's past were starting to come out. One being that most of these guys were very young. Um, What I mean by very young is someone who's even two years my junior is quite young in the regard that we just have very different sets of expectations in life. But what I see with a lot of very young men is that there's a little bit of the man-child type of aspects that come out. They expect me to be a mom and take care of them. So that was one thing that stood out for me. Another thing that stood out for me was this person's, a lot of these individuals were very idealized. What I mean by that, possibly a very heavy Neptune aspect in their chart. You know, like Neptune is just extremely strong in their chart. And I could tell it was idealized because I would, like when I would answer something like what I do in my free time, a lot of these individuals would kind of paint me in this picture that I really do not see myself as fulfilling. So it really kind of told me they were looking at me through the lens that they want to look at me through, as opposed to looking at me fully. I think one example of this was, I think I had mentioned my previous work experiences, one being at Denver Elections, and the guy jumped to the conclusion that I serve my community, um, when really being paid to do a job with Denver elections. To me, that's not serving my community at all. Serving my community community would be volunteering, uh, working for a homeless shelter, um, working for a soup kitchen, working for a food bank of the Rockies, not being paid to do administrative work for Denver elections. So already I could just see there was the ideal that he wanted that was being like cut and pasted onto me. As if that wasn't enough, a lot of these guys would not only flirt with me, but then really bring out a lot of ugly duckling issues that I've had since childhood by going to the next cute 20-something girl and flirting with her. And guys, if you are listening, that is not cool to do. Um, I just have to say when guys do that with me, that brings me back to a time when I was treated like a duff and that's been since I was 12 years old or when I was treated like I was the ugliest person in the room. Like I was ignored. The hot girls were 
you know, focused on while I was blending into the wallpaper. It's, it, it brings out the worst psychological and emotional aspects in all women. If you're prone to doing that, not cool. You really should kind of look at that sort of aspect of your personality. Anyway, um, with all these things that had happened with me with these flirtations, I could not help but ask, why do I keep attracting the same type of personalities? You know, someone who's very young, who puts ideals on me, who's a possible Casanova. You know, why am I, why am I attracting all these mis- mismatched personalities? And that's actually the topic of today's episode, believe it or not. And I don't think I'm alone here. I think many of us have attracted mismatched personalities. And I think you know what I'm talking about too. Like in my, um, in other relationships, I know I attract a lot of Virgo and Cancerian personalities. I'm a Leo and I'm attracting the two, like I said, two Virgo and Cancer personalities or the Virgo and Cancer personalities. And they don't even get along. I don't even have a heavy aspect of either sign in my chart. So it's like, why, why am I, it's like, they're, they're the type of personalities where you don't get along no matter what you do, but it's not necessarily that they're bad individuals, that the people you're attracting are bad individuals. It's just, you guys are just mismatched. Well, I remembered I revisited some of the notes from my Descendant episode. Now, if you guys have not checked that out, definitely listen to that and let me know how you like that. But when it comes to the Descendant episode, I know that, you know, where the Ascendant is, how, what we do to attract other people in our life and the Descendant is how we attract I just felt like the descendant was not the answer to this sort of dilemma. And here's a good reason for why. Whereas the descendant, descendant usually is in opposition to your ascendant. So it's the exact opposite to the personality of your persona. So if this were a descendant issue, it would be somebody who is very opposite to you. And I don't think mismatched personalities are an opposite. I think it's just, why am I attracting somebody who's just, it's like, it's just weird. It's like somebody who I might not get along with or who I just don't get along with or who have situations or flaws that I really can't reconcile with. Well, that's where I was also reminded of an article that I had actually had read like way back in the summer, because like I said, this is not the first time that I've attracted a mismatched personality. And the author is Mecca Woods. Her article on the web is three reasons you keep attracting the same Zodiac sign and what you can do about it. Now guys, if you're able to take a look at Mecca Woods's article, I highly recommend it. I would just say, Google her name. I think her um, article will come right up for you. It's really awesome. But in her article, Mecca Woods had stated that, so she kind of jokes in her circle of friends, and she just kind of makes the joke in her article. She's like, okay, I'm going to admit it. I'm a Scorpio magnet. 
And being that Scorpio magnet, you would think that I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart or a lot of aspects in my chart that get along with Scorpio. And she's like, here's the kicker. No, I don't. She is actually Sagittarius. So sun and Sagittarius moon in Aquarius. And she has a lot of planets in uh, the fire signs of her chart, as well as the air signs of her chart. Actually, I think the way that she made it, how she ranked it was it's first it was air, then it was fire. So very similar to my chart, but, you know, again, just kind of reversed there. I'm like fire, then air. But anyway, for some reason, she's this Scorpio. She's like, for some reason, I'm a Scorpio magnet. You know, her first boyfriend was a Scorpio. He completely broke her heart. So with Sagittarius with an Aquarius moon, that would be somebody who, when they deal with a broken heart, that would be like, okay, how can I logically or how can I mentally move on? It's like, I don't like experiencing the pain of a heartbreak. I don't like, you know, dwelling on the emotional realm. Let me move on. And that's especially true with somebody who has a lot of air in their chart as well. It's how can I logically move forward? Well, unfortunately for Mecca Woods, she kept attracting Scorpio types. And almost to the point where it drove her nuts. You know, there are times where she would attract, like, the the cutest guy ever um, who would be really attracted to her. She'd find out either he'd have his son in Scorpio or an aspect in Scorpio. There are times where she was just like, ah, why? And then she started to realize, well, this is where astrology can really be a helpful tool to us. And one thing that she theorized was that in our charts, we have elements that are prevalent. So like I mentioned earlier for her, it's heavy air and a lot of heavy fire. Many of us are very different though. And it's usually just how the planets are scattered all throughout our chart at the time of birth. Most of the time, many people might have water as a predominant element, meaning that a lot of their planets are in the water signs. Some have earth, like, you know, they have a, a lot of planets in either like Taurus and then some in Virgo or a ton in Taurus and not much else in the other areas. Um, there are others who have it in air. There are others who have it in fire. Personally, I am heavy fire. I have my son in Leo, my ascendant in Leo, but also three of my generational planets in Sagittarius. As if that's not enough, I also have three planets in Libra. So I'm heavy, like Mecca Woods, I'm heavy on the fire, but also heavy on the air too. So I can definitely relate to her article. And I could, I, even when I first read her article, I could definitely relate. But when she mentions that in our charts, we have elements that are prevalent, we also have those elements that are just the opposite, that we don't occupy. And just like with Mecca Woods, Mecca Woods has a lot of very little water in her chart. And I noted that because I am the same. I actually have a lot of, I have very little earth as well as water in my chart. In my chart, I have like maybe two planets in earth, one planet 
in water. And it's a planet that you don't want in water. <laughs> it's Mars. You don't want Mars in, wa in a water sign. Oh, no. That's, you know, it's not fun. But um, with that said, where the elements that are underserved or that are not really well abundant, this indicates why we attract the certain mis mismatched types. Let me say that again. Those certain mismatched types. So with Mecca Woods, she actually said, you know, it wasn't just Scorpio that I was attracting. I was also attracting Cancer and Pisces, you know, all the three water signs. And her theory behind this is because where someone who is far more air dominant and fire dominant are more likely to gravitate towards resolving issues in the head and resolving issues logically as well as creatively, there's not a lot of listening to your intuition. And also there's not a lot of listening to your emotions. And these personalities do come into your life to try to teach you how to do that and why it's very valuable to listen to more than just one aspect of your personality. Now, in some cases, it's a situation where we're either we're not really well developed in that area of the element that we lack, or we have too much of the characteristics in that element that we lack. And both situations can happen. I know when, when you're deficient in an element, you would think that you wouldn't have a lot of characteristics with it, but it is true. You can either be like overdeveloped or have an overabundance of that elements type. So with, uh, with Mecca Woods, where she was undeveloped and where a lot of these Scorpio personalities taught her was where uh, you know, Sagittarius and Aquarius just like to, when they deal with drama or problems, they just like to kind of shove it under the rug or like a duck with water off its back, just kind of let it, let it flow, let it glide, let it slide, you know, let it just not bother you, just kind of move on forward. It's all good. Um, the Scorpio personalities in her life had taught her how to stand up for herself more. It's like, no, not all issues can be shoved under the rug. Not all issues can be just go with the flow. You gotta, you gotta stand up for yourself and you gotta like really make sure that you are heard. The other thing that the Scorpio personalities in Mecca Woods' life had taught her was like how to set boundaries so that people didn't just walk all over her, which unfortunately for a lot of Sagittarius and Aquarius personalities and any sort of mutable signs or any sort of signs that try to avoid conflict, usually the mutable signs like Sagittarius, Pisces, um, Gemini, and I know I'm missing one. Oh, Virgo. They usually end up dealing with a lot of people taking advantage of them because they're just so easygoing. And for Mecca Woods being a Sagittarius, I think the Scorpio personality taught her how to not let that happen and not let ha that happen often. Unfortunately, it had to be through heartbreak. And unfortunately, it had to be through hard lessons. But sometimes that's how our guardian angels teach us. 
the things that we need to be taught are through hard lessons. And it's those hard lessons that stay with us as well, too. An example of the overabundance, however, is what I've been dealing with personally when I attract a lot of Cancerian types. So, like I mentioned earlier, I have Mars in Cancer. So I have Mars in a water sign. Now, Cancer is a very emotive type. To have Mars in an emotive type is basically taking the emotiveness of cancer and chucking it up to 10. As if that's not enough, Mars has also squared my moon. So I think it's very fair to say that my emotions are really very intense and really very high. It might not be overly abundant on the surface when you take a look at me at first, but when you get to know me, it's like the littlest things can really affect me. And what's very interesting about the Cancerian personalities that tend to enter into my life is that they're very chill in comparison. And I think the reason why they're very chill is that Cancers not only take care of their family and their their physical home, they take care of the home that's within themselves. So they're very much in tune within their inner world, such as their emotional sphere, their emotional scape, as well as the intuitive space. By the way, guys, please forgive my uh, computer. It keeps giving me notifications. I just turned the notification settings off. But within their, you know, within being able to focus on their intuitive space, they come to a lot of great answers and they come to a lot of great insights. And I think that that's really true for all the water types, all the water signs is that they really, they have an abundance of wisdom that comes from their feeling body and their intuitive body. Something that I tend to lack because whenever I deal with my high emotions as they are, I try to deal with them with my head and I try to deal with them creatively. I, basically what I tend to do is like, because emotions have been baneful, um, you know, to express high emotions have been baneful. You know, that's what was taught to me when I was very young. And that's also just how I've felt over the years. I'm also one who just tries to like hide it under the rug. Unfortunately, my emotional sphere is so chaotic that I really can't do that. And I think that's why a lot of Cancerian personalities come into my life. It's to teach me to listen to those emotions, to embrace those emotions, and to accept that. Recently, I found the power of this by listening to the divine feminine inside of myself and oh man, there's been a lot of different issues that have just been resolved in like a couple of minutes as opposed to a couple of days. And it's just been a lifesaver for me recently. Um, I just, I'm hoping that I continue to keep doing this further down the line and that it helps me further down the line. I plan on continuing to listen to my inner, you know, my um, inner goddess, so to speak. But, um, yeah, I just, I really, I, I could really see where this could serve me very well down the line, but also I could see where a lot of Cancerians would have tried to teach me that, but I happened 
being the ignorant Leo that I am, I happened to miss that lesson. So while Mecca Woods's article really shone a lot of light, especially now, as to why I'm attracting a mismatched personality, yeah, it just it turns out that I'm being taught a lesson. Well, the other thing that I came up with, and this is my idea, so really, Stargazers, if you do um, embark on this journey, please let me know how this goes, because again, I'm kind of going off of my own theories here. But I also just thought, you know, maybe I'm attracting mismatched personalities because of my weak planets in my chart. So kind of like Mecca Woods with the underserved elements in our charts, our planets usually, our planets that are scattered throughout our charts can either be very strong, almost so strong to where they dominate the chart, and then very weak. Um, strong planets usually are within what we call domicile signs. So I'm going to get just a little bit technical here, stargazers. I'm going to try to make sure it's down to bite-sized chunks for you. But again, with the strong planets, it's usually in what we call domicile signs. So like, say you have your sun in Leo, that's actually considered to be a very strong sun's position because Leo rules the sun. Um, if you have Mercury in either Virgo or uh, Gemini, those two signs rule um, Mercury, so that's a very strong Mercury placement. Now, on the opposite spectrum, there are planets that occupy signs that are really not so dominant. So as where um, Venus is very predominant and really high within the signs of Pisces, uh, Taurus and Libra, its fall is when, like, say, it happens to be within Virgo. Or the moon, where it's really very strong within Cancer, it's at its fall when it's in Scorpio. So um, we do have sign, we do have uh, planets that meet the signs that are that kind of weaken those planets as well too, like weaken its strength. The other thing. Um, that where you can kind of determine the strong versus weak planets is, again, the strong planets being the popular kid on the playground, they attract a lot of attention from the other planets in your chart, whereas the weak planets really don't. Now, to determine that, that takes a lot of technicalities, and the, this is something that I'm still kind of learning how to do myself. But one way in which I've been able to determine my weak planets as opposed to my strong planets, and also the planets that also overrule my chart, so to speak, is that when you go to astro.com and you have your natal chart up on astro, if you go to extended chart selection, you pull up the astro pollen tab and you scroll down from the drop down menu to a delineation by Walter Pullen. You might have to scroll through it, but it does give you the strong planets versus the weak planets. Now, while it's a springboard for me into learning more about strong and weak planets, it's actually a nice springboard, and it's actually a nice place to start because you get all of your planets kind of ranked as they are in your chart as well, too. And it, it just, it, for me, it starts the process. But definitely take a look at planets that are also in the non-domicile and also the domicile sort of signs, too. That, that also can give you another idea 
of the strong versus weak planets in your chart. So why the weak planets are very important in this in this regard is very much like the elements that are not really abundant in your chart. The weak planets are those areas in our personalities that could really could, that could really use some work, that really need some work. They can help us both spiritually as well as just being a better person. But I think when it comes to mismatched personalities, it's those weak aspects, those underdeveloped aspects in our personalities that might be the cracks to where those mismatched personalities could seep right through. I know for Casanova types, the way that they kind of seep into your life is if you don't have boundaries, if you're too nice, and also if you don't really stand up for yourself a lot. Now, that can indicate Mars, that can indicate Venus, that could indicate Uranus. Um, those are like, I mean, there's a myriad of planets there. So again, it's good to kind of take a look at what are the, the weaker planets. But I loved the site that I looked up um, this aspect or this aspect of astrology of um, on the web. And it's called Mastering the Zodiac. Um, and actually, the, I think the author of Mastering the Zodiac had a wonderful way of just describing how to also spot um, strong versus weak planets. So our strong planets are what we normally gravitate towards. So if we're in a conflict, for instance, like say we... An egotist, a complete egotist is flirting with us. And trust me, I've had this situation before. So a complete egocentric egomaniac is flirting with us. So it's obviously, that's kind of a conflict right there. So our strong planets are what we, there are natural solutions that we usually come up to first. So say you're very solar dominant. So the first thing you might want to do with the egotist is really make sure that your personality and your strengths are not only focused, but that they're shining through and that your hope is that you will outshine and really scare the egotist by like outshining that person off the stage. Now say the same person is very weak with Neptune energy. That's where in trying to outshine the egotist and trying to put your best foot forward, so to speak, you're finding that you're becoming easily stressed out or you're finding moments where you feel very ungrounded. So what I, the best way that I describe ungroundedness, because I've had this often, is you feel like your whole body is really super light, except for like one area of your body. So like, for instance, my whole body will feel really super light and airy, but my head will feel top heavy. So it feels like I could literally float. If I were to float and float away, I would smack my head on the ground instead. Or sometimes I'll feel very rump heavy too, believe it or not. So while I feel like I could just float away, um, I, or I could just be blown away by a gust, I would actually fall flat dead right on my rump. And um, again, it's it's just a, a, a situation where you're just unrooted. It's a 
just a, a feeling of unrootedness and just not being very grounded. And again, you know, stress usually come, becomes abundant, but also too, it's just an unsettling feeling as well too. That's usually produced by Neptune. So with having the ungrounded feeling, you could also notice that in dealing with the egotist that you have very little compassion inside yourself. You know, Neptune being a higher version of Venus could rule compassion, compassion and compassion for other fellow human beings. Um, you could also really feel as though you could really connect more with the spiritual sides of yourself. So when it comes to this flirtation, what's usually recommended with the weak planets, so whereas your inclination is to try to outshine the egotist, the inclination should be that you should be more inclined towards developing maybe that compassionate, grounded side of your personality that you usually miss out on. And in developing that compassionate side, you could actually start to notice that the egotist might be covering some pretty profound wounds with their overdeveloped persona, so to speak. And in covering up some pretty heavy wounds, they could, you know, if you show that compassion, such as, gee, are you okay? No, really, are you, are you really okay? You know, and having that sympathetic ear, being able to listen fully to that person, they might feel the, the wonderful need to open up and maybe resolve some of those issues so they're not so egotistical in front of you or they're not so heavy uh, on the ego. Being grounded would also mean that you can find, and usually groundedness can um, occur within a meditation sort of space, but, you know, feeling grounded, feeling like you're actually fully embodied and fully here and rooted on this earth can really help you to also not feel so annoyed so quickly when it comes to personalities such as the egotist. And so you could learn to maybe pick your battles with this person and, you know, where this person could shine with their ego at some points, you know, you could kind of learn to pick your battles where you're not just picking them apart, so to speak, when it comes to their whole overdeveloped persona. So all the way around, stargazers, my theory is if you are indeed attracting mismatched types, do take a look at the weaker planets and see, you know, look up those weaker planets, see the archetypes, and maybe see if that might be something that you are indeed lacking. Now, do this at a time where you can be very honest with yourself so when you're looking at your strong planets, like say that you are strong with Mercury, so you're able to communicate very well and very often, make sure that you're in a reflective spot in your life where you could say, oh yeah, that's that's truly me. But then like say that you are weak in Venus, so you might have low self-esteem about yourself. As I said, make sure you're in that reflective spot and in that open spot where you can admit to yourself that, 
Yeah, that could be me 90 to 95% of the time, if not 100% of the time. Now, to find those weak planets, it's not a shameful thing. That's actually a good springboard of what else we can work with, again, to be a better, a more whole person. But also, when it comes to those mismatched types, like say that you are weak in Venus and you have low self-esteem, that could be where a lot of users are starting to find the cracks to seep in in order to take advantage of you. So you can kind of notice these sort of situations that are coming into play and maybe prevent or scare away those individuals that you really don't want hanging around in your life. Or you can also come to notice these individuals as to who they are if they should seep into your life and then be able to grapple with that. With a low Venus, like a weak Venus placement, it would be to build yourself up, to build your sense of self-love up to where you can easily say to that person, look, no, I'm very sorry. You seem like a great person, but I deserve better. So in some ways, I think that this is a good exercise to do. I'm personally endeavoring on it, and um, I found out that I'm actually weak on Uranus energy as well as Neptune energy. So I'm one of those individuals who's ungrounded, lacks compassion often. I also lack independence as well, too. And perhaps it's that lack of independence that is causing a lot of man-children to enter into my life or causing a lot of Lotharios to come into my life because it just seems like I'm a little needy and a little dependent. And sometimes dependent material is great fodder for the mismatched personalities to attract to you. So I'm keeping these things in mind and I'm doing what I can to develop compassion, to develop a sense of groundedness, to develop a sense of independence so that I can be really a whole person and not have to feel as though I'm the ugly duff in the background compared to some cute little 20-something that a Lothario is flirting with, you know, and not have a situation where a Lothario's, you know, flirting with me and then flirting with the next pretty face in the crowd or making eyes at the next pretty person in the crowd, again, making me feel like the duff. Okay, that's, it's just, it's not healthy. I think after last Sunday or Sunday of last week, I was just like, enough. This is unhealthy. I'm tired of feeling unattractive. It's time to take a stand. And I think that that's also another good place to start, too, when it comes to mismatched personalities, whether it's an astrological sign that doesn't get along with you or just traits like I've mentioned, taking that stand, saying, you know what? I deserve better. Let me check out my weak planets. Let me check out the, the weaker aspects of the, of the elements and let me see where I can go from there. And also, too, do these types show me or are they teaching me a lesson? And I think if the lesson is, hey, I deserve better, you know, forget this guy, forget this person, I deserve better, that's also a lesson in and of itself and a lesson of where you're valuing your self-worth. And that is a great place to start as well. So stargazers, what have we learned? What can make relationships tick based off of what attracts mismatched types and how to work with them? 
Well, one thing that stood out to me is just remember that whenever you encounter a mismatched type, that remember as I might have alliterated to this earlier, but remember that you have a choice, that you don't have to engage with this individual after work or with events, and that you have a choice to say, you know, I like this person. I might want to take it a bit further. Let me see if I can work with this person or let me see if I can work with a mismatched personality. Or you also equally have the choice to say, no, I deserve better. No, I want to attract good people into my life. No, I want to attract a different type of personality into my life. And I would just say if the answer is no, compile a list of the people of the traits that you want in your life. Like for me, I'd like to attract more of my own soul family into my life. Um, you know, I'd like to attract people who are egoless, who are there for a higher good, and who are there to be, you know, who not only show compassion towards me, but give me a lot of room to show compassion and love towards them. And I've met these individuals before in different areas and aspects of my life. I know I can do it again. So that's, that's one criterion on my list. And then, of course, like I said, going back to the weak planets and the underserved elements, see what you can do with the underutilized aspects of yourself to meet that goal of attracting higher people into your life. I also say relationships aren't just about romance. So this kind of came from Mecca Woods's um, article. So relationships aren't just about romance, candy, and chemistry. I know we, we always get fixed on Romeo and Juliet or Beatrice and Benedict from Much Ado About Nothing, that we tend to forget that actually relationships are an amalgam of different aspects. And with Mecca Woods, I think she really pointed it out that relationships can also be that of someone teaching us. And how many times with um, my podcasts or my earlier podcasts have I stated that, you know, the most beautiful relationships are those that where two individuals are helping to pull the other individual up, you know, like with Kira Cedric and Kevin Bacon, that's definitely the epitome where both persons are definitely helping each other out where they might need that help. You know, they're not only loving each other, but they're helping each other out at the same time. And, you know, just to recognize that relationships, you know, partners are sometimes there to help us in what we lack. Now, they come up unexpectedly, as what happens in So Above, So Below, as we usually usually utilize. That's our phrase that we usually utilize within astrology. You know, they come out unexpectedly, but to recognize that... This person who's not very compatible might be here to just teach us a lesson. It might be through heartbreak. It might be through the gentle lesson in and of itself. But, you know, it might be teaching us what we lack. So such as a Cancerian personality teaching me how to listen within. Or a Virgo personality teaching me how to not overwork myself. There could be a Geminian personality in your life who's trying to teach you how to communicate a bit more clearly. Um, listen to what is being taught to you through the experience. I know like recently with Lotharios, how to value myself, I think is the biggest lesson that I've started to endeavor with this individual. 
And so instead of villainizing these individuals and saying, oh, they're the wrong person, oh, they're they're terrible, maybe kind of putting it into perspective that actually they're actually being helpful. They're kind of being like a guardian angel and kind of instigating that help for you. I know it's a guardian angel in the least likely way that we can see it, but again, they're they're kind of helping you out there, kind of instigating what needs to be what needs to happen in your personality. The third thing that I feel that as to what makes relationships tick in this sort of situation is when it comes to relationships and the sphere of relationships, the more secure that we are in our body and ourselves, the more room that we have for attracting the right people. And the more room that we have for attracting higher people, you know, less room that we'll have in attracting Lotharios and players and people who are opportunistic and the more room that we'll have in attracting people who are kind, who are compassionate, and who also give us room to grow and thrive and be within our best selves possible. Well, Stargazers, I know that this episode kind of veered towards what we can do for ourselves as opposed to what we can do for a relationship, but I do hope that the information that I imparted to you this week was interesting, and I do hope that it was helpful. Again, feel free to contact me at mysic.sandra at gmail.com. And again, my last name is spelled M-I-S-E-K. Or you can also find me on Instagram again at Sandra Mysic. Um, Again, last name is M-I-S-E-K. If you guys have any questions whatsoever or any comments or any recommendations, please feel free to reach out to me. Or if you're like, hey, you know what, with this weak planet, with the weak planets and utilizing that energy, this is so great. I'm, I'm coming up to such great revelations. Or, you know, gee, Sandra, the weak planets, I'm, I'm really having a hard time with this. Either way, feel free to contact me. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, I would be very curious to know how this works for you. But above all, stargazers, do not be like me. And get sickety sick, sick, sick. Um, make sure that you're taking great amounts of vitamin C, especially at this time of the year with cold and flu season. You know, even though COVID has existed, cold and flu season still exists. So take that vitamin C, take those, you know, airborne tablets, take emergency bulk up on being on the, the healthy juices and the healthy tonics as much as possible. Be your best healthy selves possible. Be absolutely well. Do not be afraid to look up at the stars. We are actually at a half crescent moon, which is gorgeous. And I believe it's Venus that's in the sky right now. And she's really gorgeous too. If it's not Venus, that's definitely Mercury. But there is a planetary body that is really shining bright out there. But as I've said earlier, stargazers, be very well. And until next week, I will see you then.